Hello and welcome to the Wired Biohealth Podcast. My name is Jacqueline Hall and I am joined by your show's host, Dr. Evelyn Higgins. Hey, Jackie. Great to be with you again, Doc. Same here. So as we're unpacking your TEDx talk, understanding the biomarkers of addiction, mm-hmm. you talked about your why was twofold. One right. was personal, one was professional. You're a doctor, you're treating patients, you're seeing addiction, you're seeing dependency, you're talking right. about mental health. Right. And then your why was also deeply personal. Deeply personal. And as I said about the TED, it was like, that's not where I was going with this TED right. when I, when I uh, was, had the incredible opportunity to be chosen out of thousands and thousands of people. But um, yeah, my why was twofold. And, and, you know, if you have a direction in life, you have to have a why. Yeah. Right. So start there. If anybody feels like they don't have a direction, like start thinking about what's your why. Yeah. Because life becomes so much better when you have a why. Yep, gotta have a purpose. But professionally, you know, like you said, I was, that's what I was doing and, and seeing things not working out and seeing people move from dependency to addiction all under the guise of a physician. Mm-hmm. Personally, I married an alcoholic. Um, a man in reality who probably had several addictions because I got to see them up close and personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was seeing his behavior unfold. I was seeing the ups, the downs, the roller coaster, the who are you today? Who are you five minutes ago? Right. You know, all those changes. A year after our daughter is born, we find out my husband's adopted. Full year. Wow. Yeah. And interestingly enough, um, you know, as this unfolded, it's, it was just, we found out like, okay, move on from here. Wow. Move on from here. Right. But when other people hear that, I get the look of what? <laughs> like, yeah, I guess that's weird. Yeah. But it was just so normalized, I'll say, or not. I asked questions that I didn't get answers to. <laughs> I had people look at me like this, stone cold. Wow. But Finding out that my husband was adopted, now we have a child. I'm like, I see this behavior in you for no other reason, because I tried to find out that information prior. When did you try to find out? Um, Actually, even down to a week before we were married. Wow. I said, are you adopted? What made you ask that? Gut. Because nothing was adding up. I was seeing people not wanting to answer questions Mm -hmm. and kind of running away. Yeah. And even because we got married in the Catholic Church, we had to get baptismal certificates, communion, confirmation, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And um, they couldn't be located. So I said, I'll help you find them. Just tell me like what season and we can narrow it down and I'll go to the church and I'll look through the records. And I just got a blank look. Bizarre. Right. But this is kind of what was already going on. So it was like, that was weird, but you just go about your day. (laughs) As as odd as that sounds. Right. Not the person I am today. You you just keep on rolling. Right. So a week before I say, Are you adopted? And I said, you know, it's it it's not anything that would be bad. I said you could have other people in your life. Mm -hmm. That could be a really good thing. Hey, we can invite two more people to the wedding. Right. Even to the point where he called one of his siblings and said, am I adopted? He goes, I'll call so-and-so. And I said, no, why don't you call this other person? They're just going to tell you the truth. And he goes, no, no, I'll call them. Well, 
I was there, so I know it's true. It's back in the days of a phone on the wall. <laughs> and the phone was on the wall. And we were we were like this close, you know, so I could hear. Yeah. And the answer was no and a curse word, no. Wow. Why would you say that about mommy and daddy with a curse word? Like, okay. What I a strange still, response. Totally. I, I still didn't buy it, but I'm yeah. like, okay, like we're on a clock here. Right, right. <laughs> it's, you know what? Adoption is a beautiful thing. One in 35 are adopted. Yes. It's it's common and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Wow. Why? Why run away from that and then double down right. on your lies? Right. Bizarre. Do you think this individual didn't know as well? I'm going to say I want to give the benefit of the doubt and say yes. Okay. But irregardless, it's a weird response. It's a weird response. You know I wouldn't, you yeah. know, throw the F-bomb into somebody asking me that. <laughs> it's a weird response. F, no, I don't want ice cream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want ice cream. Um, no, seriously. So now... Fast forward, I'm seeing this behavior out of him, and I'm like, I need to know what kind of health history we have here. Right. And even if I was not a person educated in the work that I am, mm -hmm. I probably would say we need to get some something. Yeah, something. But knowing as much as I know, I'm like, this is really important information. Right. What do we need to look out for? And now I'm a parent. Mm -hmm. And that's what I say in the TED Talk. I'm like, I'm a parent. I'm responsible. I'm the keeper of the family tree. Right. If I don't do this, who is going to do this? Right. And and your job as a parent is to protect your child. Right. I'm going to know that I'm failing at that because someone won't give me information? No. Yeah, not no. good enough. So you found out that, or you both found out, that right. he was adopted a right. year after your daughter was born. What did you notice a change in him after learning that information so late in life? Mm-hmm. What did you notice? Great question. Um, I think in retrospect, the drinking definitely escalated. Mm. The acting out behavior with um, affairs and things like that definitely escalated because it wasn't kept to one. It was to the masses. You know? right. I think all of those things escalated. Um, that's a great question. Yeah, I saw the, the downfall, if you will. So can you go in, because I know you shared with me before we hit record, was that he did end up reaching out to his biological parents or attempted to. Right, right. Let me back up because it just made me think of a scene at our wedding. So I'm talking about a week before we're married. Now at our wedding, when the person that disclosed the information to me was a relative at the wedding said that his parents were arguing at the wedding whether Evelyn should be told or not. Wow. It's a time when you should be dancing, having fun, <laughs> right. celebrating. Yeah. You're arguing over a lie. Why? Right, it's why? It's not a lie that should be an embarrassment. Right. It should be, we created a new family, right. and this is this is how we did it. Like, bizarre. But anyway... Um, what was your question? Like, so that, I was just back in that moment. He, um, he reached out to his right. biological okay. yep. parents. Yep, yep, yep. Right. So this was done from a closed adoption, and we had found out what we were able to find out. Mm -hmm. Very limiting data. And um, he, we did get to the point where he was able to find out who his mother was, who his father was. He contacted both of them. His father said, no, I will not meet with you. Wow. So talk about what that does to someone. Yeah. 
and met with his mom once. Mm-hmm. And she said, this is the one and only time no one knows that this is happening. Yeah. Um, reason being, she was very extremely religious. Mm-hmm. And that seems like an oxymoron to say reason being. Right. But she was very religious and had her own story. She had five children and a husband and never told any of them mm. about it and didn't want them to see her as a liar. Wow. So this child that you gave birth to, you put all of that pain onto him. Mm-hmm. And almost putting him back to that, that same point of right. nobody loves me. Right. And, and that was obvious. It. It was In obvious. his behavior, that was obvious. Yeah. It became painfully obvious that that lack of bonding mm-hmm. never occurring was his demise mm-hmm. from the beginning. And uh, self-medicating that right. is ultimately... And, and all of the outward actions of what one could think love is, sex is not love. Right. And all of those outward actions of, of how he was conducting his life mm-hmm. wasn't to find love, was to find somebody's going to feel this. Somebody's right. going to feel this. Right. So then now, in retrospect, at the clinical level seeing this story unfold do you see mental health diagnosed undiagnosed do you see trauma what is happening on the inside that you're watching play out on the outside excellent question so in the ted i talk about addiction one or all of the following reasons a diagnosed condition not being treated properly Mm -hmm. an undiagnosed condition or a trauma, or one, two, or all three of those. In his case, all three of those. Yeah. All three of those. Yeah. The trifecta. And it brings to mind the MAT, so that's medication-assisted treatment, which we see commonly used in addiction. Probably some of you have heard of naloxone, suboxone, um, methadone, but then we have a drug called antabuse. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to our listeners about that? Sure. So he had tried antabuse mm-hmm. um, and interestingly enough would go into addiction swapping. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking antabuse, which is a drug if you drink alcohol is going to make you violently ill. So he would start smoking weed, mm-hmm. anything to anesthetize his brain and not feel. So you look at the contra indications, the, the contradiction in behavior of somebody who doesn't want to feel acting out with alcohol, drugs, acting out with sex, you don't want to feel. It's just this hodgepodge of self-destruction in not wanting to feel. Yeah. And, you know, it's so sad because exactly how you end your TED, could this have changed his life, my life, my daughter's life? I think the answer is yes. Right. And I agree because how many people are just searching to stop feeling, but at the same time to feel. Exactly. You're trying to do two things at the same time and what you're doing isn't going to get you either of those things. Right, right. I mean, if you have depression that you're suffering from and then you add on a depressant like alcohol or marijuana, you are only going to further your depression. Exactly. You're already depressed to begin with. Now you enhance your depression. So you go into an even deeper depression and this becomes a cycle that you can't get out of. Even, you know, use alcohol. Drinking alcohol 
makes you more anxious, fact, mm -hmm. because a gamma aminobutyric acid involved in it makes you more anxious. Well, that first drink is like, whoa, gosh, I feel so relaxed. I feel so less anxious for one drink. Right. Right. And then your body gets used to it, stops producing as much GAB as it normally should, and then you become more anxious. You have one drink and you're anxious. And now you don't stop there. You're drinking more and more or weed, whatever, and the depression comes in. And now it's a cycle of let me get out of the anxiety, let me get out of the depression, and then it's finally not working at all. Right. And you switch. Right. You go to something else. Yeah. Or you just continue to increase use and you're not even doing, you're not achieving your goal anymore. Now your body just needs it right. to function. It's just so interesting how what you think the medicine is becomes the poison. Totally. But Great your point. thinking is totally Great. skewed. Great Right. by that. Um, and I love how you're breaking down the specific biomarkers involved in addiction, because that's what we do in our panel. The reason that we pick the specific biomarkers, be it epigenetic or neuroscience that we do is because they're highly correlated right. to not just substance use disorders, but mental health conditions and process addictions. Right. You can't talk about one without talking about the other. It's a hand in hand conversation. So when we're looking at, let's, alcohol is a familiar example. Mm -hmm. um, when we talk about we want it to reduce our anxiety, it's actually increasing our anxiety because of the biochemicals reacting Correct. to the alcohol. Correct. So then if somebody here is listening saying, well, I have anxiety, but I haven't tried to self-medicate with alcohol, can this panel still help me? Absolutely. That's, that's what we want to see happen. Yeah. We don't want to see you go down, down the trail of addiction because you're destroying your body that whole way, right. not just your brain. I don't know about you, but I can't afford to lose any brain cells. <laughs> I don't know about you, but we're destroying our body from yeah. our liver, our kidneys, our bladder, our heart, everything, our, our musculoskeletal system, obviously our brain. We're destroying every part of our body. So we don't want someone to think that way. If these or anything resonate, the mental health component, certainly let's know where right. you're at. Right. Let's get objective information. Not sounds like, not my buddy says similar things to you and takes this, so take this. Let's figure out who you are. You know, 7.5 billion people in the world with 7.5 billion unique sets of DNA, yet we treat everyone exactly the same when it comes to their health, which makes zero sense. Yeah. I know we're preparing, you're giving a webinar about marijuana and pregnancy right. and talking about focusing less on the how someone is self-medicating and why? the why the are you self-medicating? Why? We always have to start with the why, just like we did with this conversation, Jackie. What's your why in life? And what's the why if you're using something to feel better, taking outside of yourself to bring inside of yourself to feel better? What's the why? Let's figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what we're here for. So if you do want to learn more about your why behind the behaviors, the obsessions, the compulsions, call the office. It's 1-888-841-7099 or visit the website. You can visit wiredbiohealth.com or wiredforaddiction.com. Learn more about the panel. Learn more about how it's used and how we can really help you optimize your life as a result. Right. Watch the TED Talk, Understanding the Biomarkers of Addiction, Evelyn Higgins. That's Less than seven minutes of a fast pace get you there, but let's have an in-depth conversation about you, uniquely you. Yep. Thanks, Doc. This was fun. Thank you. See you next week, Jackie. Okay, bye. bye, -bye.